This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 88 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, John Henry Memorial Adoption Fair. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And The Barnworks for all of your equine marketing needs at thebarnworks.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable School Stable School Stable School Stable School This is Glenn the Geek And I'm Samantha Clark And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show From the John Henry Memorial Adoption Fair At the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington, Kentucky Wow, this is a little strange Having you on the Stable Scoop Show Strange but good But good (laughs) We are at this special event We come here every year We recorded here last year For the Stable Scoop Show as well As uh, Samantha said We are at the John Henry Memorial Adoption Fair And this is at the Kentucky Horse Park Here in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky And we are recording this on the Saturday before Rolex, actually, the Rolex International three-day event, which is uh, one of the largest horse shows in the country. The only four-star three-day event in North America. And we are in the new barn. It's called the Miller Barn, right? The Miller yes. Barn? We're in the new barn, one of the new barns here by the new indoor arena. And we're recording. So you'll hear horses clip-clopping by occasionally. They're bringing, there are 24 horses here for the adoption event this year. And we should explain to people what it is. 24 horses up for adoption and one very special guest, one three-legged horse. Yes, who we're going to talk to the owner right. of the, today. That's correct. Uh, Molly the Pony is here, and Molly the Pony has become very famous over the last year, and we're going to be speaking with Molly's owner and learn a little bit more about Molly and and why Samantha has been gushing over this little 12-hand pony for, for the last hour and a half. And we are also going to spend some time with many of the adoption agencies that are here, and we're going to be talking about horse adoption today. That will be the topic, obviously, that we do every year here at the uh, at the adoption fair. And of course, it's called the John Henry Memorial Adoption Fair because the John Henry statue was just done at the, at the time of the first adoption fair three years ago, and I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, the whole John Henry thing here at the Kentucky Horse Park, that this became the John Henry Memorial Adoption Fair. And this is the third year of the fair. We have recorded here for the the last two, this year and last year. And we have some guests coming up uh, from the Kentucky Horse Council, from several of the adoption agencies, and, of course, Molly the Pony's owner, who who will speak all about how Molly has been doing and her travels over the last uh, couple of years. So, Samantha, have you ever adopted a horse? Uh, No, but I have an adopted dog. 
That's true, and Leo is right behind us, actually. Leo the Weg Lab, we've adopted, he's become the Weg Lab on the Facebook uh, 2010 radio show page. But yep, he's a a great dog, and he's here with us. And we have adopted horses, my wife and I, before, and of course adopted our greyhound when we had our greyhound. She was adopted from an adoption agency, and you know, we encourage people also to adopt uh, dogs and uh, cats as well. And there are cats and dogs here, too. Yes, and uh, we adopted our cat from the Humane Society here soon after we got here to Lexington. And, and he's been a beast ever since. keeps begging me <laughs> f- to adopt another dog or a cat or a bird or anything. So it might <laughs> anything that moves. Long. It might not be long <laughs> before she wears me down. <laughs> She's not happy with just Leo? No. Well, I think just Leo's great. Me too. <laughs> so we are here. It's also the week before. This show will actually come out on Friday of Rolex. Rolex will have started. Uh, both days of dressage will have been finished by that point. But we are recording this the Saturday before. You and I, let's talk a little bit about that. You and I will be here. The tent city has been oh, erected we'll be over here, here all by day, the, every, day, every day. And into some of the nights because there'll be the show jumping and dressage test events that'll go on in the evenings, I think sometimes till 10 o'clock at night. Yes, I know, I know, I did see that. We uh, will start on Tuesday. The dressage test event starts on Tuesday out here at the park, so it's a little earlier start for us than usual. We'll have Pierre St. Jack, our spotlight rider from the 2010 radio show, and we'll have local dressage rider, Reese Kofler-Sanfield, riding Casper, not to mention all the international riders who are coming in. Yeah, and then Wednesday will be the trot-up for... Uh, the Rolex event, the and that'll event. happen Wednesday afternoon, and mm-hmm. we're looking forward to that. That's always a gala affair, yes. yes, with everybody all dressed up. The eventers tend to get dressed up. That's the only time they ever get dressed Although up. Although I think more so on <laughs> Sunday, where, they, where they're dressed to pass. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, so we're looking forward to seeing that, and then we have two days of dressage for the world, or for the Rolex, rather. Uh, for the Rolex three-day event will be dressage on Thursday and Friday. Here at the Horse Radio Network, we'll be doing several special shows for Rolex and the test events. Uh, The eventing radio show starting Wednesday will be doing daily shows that will be put out every night for the world, or for, (laughs) I keep saying the world question games, for Rolex that there'll be five days of daily shows that Chris will be doing with various professional riders every night so look for those on the eventing radio show at eventingradio.com Also, you and I will be doing a special Stable Scoop show next Sunday. Uh, Better get used to me. (laughs) And that'll be, we're going to be doing some fun stuff. We're just going to talk about the culture around Rolex. Glenn is going to situate himself at the food tent. That's right. We're going to interview people who attend. We're going to interview vendors. We're going to talk to food people. We're going to talk about the food of Rolex. It's just going to be all the color around the the event. It's going to be fantastic. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then also, we're going to do a 2010 radio show uh, next week. We're going to do a special episode here from Rolex. And we're going to talk about the test events and the results of the test events and how they all went and try and get a report on how happy the park was and uh, the WEG organizing committee is with, uh, with 
the, with the testing. And we should explain that they do the test events, one, to get used to the park and to get used to that many people being here at the same time, shuffling people around, everything that they're going to have to do for the World Equestrian mm-hmm. Games. But they also, the volunteers and everything else are also tested, and the judges and all media. the systems. And the media. Us. That's right. So it's, it's just basically testing all the systems that r- revolve around the games. And it is an actual Kentucky Cup, it's called. Yes. Uh, so there is an actual, uh, there will actually be winners and things. It's not just practice. It's an actual horse show. Winners and losers. So what are you looking forward to this year at Rolex? Well, of course, I want to see if Ollie Townend can pull off the Grand Slam. And um, we want to see, Mike Etherington-Smith says it won't be the same course. He's got some surprises up his sleeve for the World Games. But everyone, I think, will want to see what what Rolex will look like this year. Um, He's already said it's going to be a big galloping course. So that'll be fun to see. and I think it'll be wonderful to see jumping under the lights at night in that outdoor arena. I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, the outdoor arena is spectacular. We have pictures of it on our website at 2010radioshow.com. And it is just, it is one of the most beautiful arenas that I've seen in the horse world. And I can't wait to be there and tweet and Facebook and, and report all about it. <laughs> when I, w- I did want to mention, uh, we'll put a little plug in for our friends at the Chronicle of the Horse. They're going to be doing uh, live blogging coverage like we did Cover last year. Cover it live, it's called. And we'll have it on our website at eventingradio.com. They'll be doing blogging coverage in a chat room where people can chat about the dressage uh, from Rolex that's going on Thursday and Friday. So we're going to be helping them out with that coverage, and we really appreciate them stepping up. This year to give us a little free time to wander around and, and do interviews and things. Great. So and the shopping, of course. And the yeah. shopping. Yeah, that's right. And the shopping. And there's going to be a lot of it this year. There are extra tents set up, and I I did hear on the eventing radio show that they actually had to set up an entire extra tent for all the additional vendors that are going to be here this wow. year. So uh, Samantha's drooling already. And <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I didn't come in through that side of the park. No. Are all the tents? I didn't come in. Yeah, that way I'm going to go out that way and uh, check it out. One thing I like to get every year is um, Lisa McKinney. Is it, I think that's her name. Does the most beautiful knitted woolen hats for the kids. They're really, really nice. And she used to be in the um, the village down. Uh, they have the covered tray stands in there. So. Well, that's great. Well, let's get on with some of the guests that we were managed to round okay. up today. And then and next week we'll do that. Okay. I'm jumping ahead. Next week we'll do the, the vendors and the trade stands. <laughs> we'll talk about the vendors and the trade okay. stands, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, chat about what we bought and okay. how much thousands of dollars you spent. Well, equestrian collections. We could talk about that. That's true. Let's talk about equestrian collections. They're our friends uh, over there in Virginia, and let's, uh, we'll More be shopping. right back right after <laughs> these words from equestrian collections. Our friends at Equestrian Collections have a very special offer for all the listeners of the Horse Radio Network during Rolex Week this week, and that's free shipping on orders over $50. You can find everything you're going to need for you and your horse and your family at Equestrian Collections, from from outfitting you from head to toe to outfitting your horse from head to toe. You can find everything that you need at equestriancollections.com. And now you can get free shipping just just for a couple more days during Rolex week. The offer is good through the 25th of April. So order now, hop on over there, and use the coupon code ROLEXHRN. 
Rolex, one word, it's Rolex HRN. Use that promo code and you'll get free shipping on orders over $50 at equestriancollections.com for the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Well, our first guest today is sitting here waiting to get started, so let's have a chat with Essie. Well, Samantha, we, our first guest of the show here today is an old friend of the Horse Radio Network, Essie Rogers, the Kentucky Horse Council, which can be found at KentuckyHorse.org, right? So, Essie, Welcome you, back, Yeah, Essie. you've been with us before. Now, tell us a little bit about what the Kentucky Horse Council... I want to I clarify, too, that the Kentucky Horse Council is probably one of the most active horse councils of any state in the country. Well, thank you for that, Glenn. We are certainly very active. There are lots of other um, horse councils that are active as well. Uh, the Colorado Horse Council does an amazing job, uh, and some of our friends to the north also uh, do a very good job. And um, so we, we certainly appreciate your accolades. But we, but. But we live here, so we like <laughs> Kentucky Horse Council. Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. We've, we've been busy, been busy. Um, we, uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit. This week I had the opportunity to go down to West Palm Beach, Florida, um, oh. which usually, you know, with the Which Kentucky- is always nice. Nice. Always yeah. nice. Always nice. I was only there, I think, for, um, gosh, about 12 hours. <laughs> but um, I, I flew in on Wednesday night. Not much and beach time there. <laughs> I didn't even get to see the beach, actually. We drove around, and um, I was looking for the beach, but I saw lots of palm trees. So yeah. it, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, the U.S. Polo Association invited us to go down and to give them an update on the unwanted horse and to talk to them about um, identifying equine neglect and, and some of the strategies that they could employ. Um, so it, we had a really good turnout, and uh, it, was, it was certainly nice to be there. And um, I presented for two hours and then jumped right on the plane and came back to Kentucky. Wow. And so what is the status quo? I mean, we are at the Equine Adoption Fair, and... and what what can we do and what is being done and well you know those are really good questions um of course, we see several reasons why people are neglecting their animals. Um, certainly one of the considerations is that people may not have enough money to buy feed for them, and so they have to make a decision between feeding their children and feeding their horses, and that's a really hard place to be. Um, and we want those folks to recognize that there's other options, that maybe it may not feel like the best thing, but that certainly these rescue facilities exist and can accept their horses. And then when um, these folks have a- other opportunities and get back on their feet, maybe they can get a- another horse when, when the opportunity is better. Um, you know, of course, in instances when people are intentionally, uh, you know, choosing to, to cause harm to their animals um, or where they're unable to recognize that, that they could potentially have some better opportunities, that's when you get into a point where you really need to, to involve the authorities. And, you know, the Horse Council is very active in educating animal control and peace officers about how to investigate neglect. And we've actually partnered with the Kentucky Cattlemen's Association now for a little over a year, and we offer training uh, three days in length and the next training is coming up May 5th, 6th and 7th uh, in Moorhead State University. So we we go around the state uh, and we usually offer three trainings a year to teach folks um, that are in uh, animal control or peace officer positions how to investigate these cases. What we found, and and we don't think this is unique to Kentucky, uh, and actually we know it's not unique to Kentucky, is that um, these officers, though they may be very well versed in how to manage small animal cases, don't know anything about horses. Um, And so they don't know how to approach them. They don't understand horse behavior. They don't know what acceptable is. You know, they, they know when a dog is not getting 
getting the, the sort of the minimum standard of care, but they don't necessarily uh, understand enough about equines in many cases to know that. Um, so we really try to give them those tools. And of course, with the Kentucky Cattlemen's Association, we also talk about ruminants and, and we uh, do a whole section on swine in our level two class. So, wow. um, you know, there are other states that have some similar trainings. Maryland has uh, equine abuse investigation training that they do. Colorado, again, you know, they just do such a phenomenal job with, with their uh, equine industry and, and equine welfare programs there that, um, you know, we're not alone. But I think we are the only uh, state that I know of that has a combined training for uh, all livestock. So we have not just the equine component, but also the cattle. And we they learn how to handle goats and sheep and hogs. and Much more than just the Kentucky Horse Council. <laughs> it is. It is. And, you know, of course, we're there because we are the Horse Council and we organize the whole thing. Um, but we have a great partnership with the Kentucky Cattlemen's Association and, and really value that. Very no. impressive. And you have a stall here, or a stand here, I should say, a booth or whatever. And um, I was looking at your, um, you have a book just for trails that I think is $3.00. And I've, I've spent the last few years complaining that there's nowhere to trail ride and I can't find a nice barn. And there's a whole book full of trail rides that I never knew existed. So I have to eat my words and, <laughs> and eat humble pie and all the rest of it. So, Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, Samantha, because actually when I moved to Kentucky nine years ago, I thought the same thing. Uh, you know, I moved here and Good, I was riding hunters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my friends called and said, hey, we'd love to come to Kentucky and trail ride. And I said, well, I don't really think they trail ride in Kentucky. This is all stud farms. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, you know, then I, of course, started working for the Kentucky Horse Council about three years ago, and I realized that there's lots of trail riding opportunities in Kentucky, and uh, many of our members are pleasure horse owners who, who do trail ride. And so we, uh, for the first time ever last year, put together this trail directory. And I do have to correct you. It's actually it's $6 for our members, $8 for non-members. But it's really nice. <laughs> My <at> eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not here and you can't get the book, how can you find out about the trail directory? You can order it from our website, which okay. is Kentucky. KentuckyHorse.org, and you do have to spell out the word Kentucky. Um, you can, of course, call the office as well. Um, and we, we do give our members a discount. It's $6 for members and $8 for non-members. But the nice thing about that directory, not to not to blow our own horn, but I will you a little should. bit, Go ahead. <laughs> is that in addition to the information that's in there, there's a CD. And so you can actually put that CD in your CD reader. And you can um, select, uh, you know, if you want to go to Taylorsville Lake, for example, you can click on a PDF and come up with a map of their trail system. So you can print that and have it in your pocket and take it with you. And um, it, it's just really nice, really yeah. nice. It's and a, a I great know value. Some friends of mine went to Shaker Village last year and loved it. Mm -hmm. Shaker Village is very nice. And, you know, for, if, if there are people are out there who want a trail ride who are interested in that, we have on our website a listing of all the known trail associations in the state of Kentucky. And there are quite a few, actually. Um, and in the last couple of years, um, there have been several local chapters of the Backcountry Horsemen that have formed. So here in the Central Kentucky area, there's a group called the Central Kentucky Backcountry Horsemen who's been very active um, under the direction of their president, Edith Conyers, who's a longtime horsewoman and, and friend of the horse park and has been involved in the uh, Rolex three-day event in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in uh, also not far from here, the Fort Herod Backcountry Horsemen in the in the Mercer County area, Western Kentucky has a Western Kentucky Backcountry Horseman group. So um, there there certainly are are opportunities for folks who want to get involved. See, Glenn, I could adopt a horse, join the Backcountry Horsemen, start riding again. That's right, and enjoy some trails all through Kentucky. Tell me, Essie, what do you, what's the Kentucky Horse Council do or going to be doing? 
at the World Equestrian Games this year? You know, we are going to have a booth, at a double booth, actually. It's going to be a 10 by 20 booth. Double wide. Uh, double wide, exactly. <laughs> and, um, Up on blocks. <laughs> <laughs> we will be in the Equestrian Village. Um, so we'll be, I, I believe that's actually going to be down around the um, dressage arenas yes. inside the track. Yep. And... Um, we are going to have lots of different things. Um, I think there's so much happening in our booth, I'm not sure that we'll be able to staff it because there'll be so many other things going on there. But in addition to information about the Horse Council, we're going to have a walk-up area where people can come in and do a search for uh, equine, you know, Kentucky breeders of mountain horses or whatever they're looking for, equine in Kentucky. Um, so there'll be three terminals for them to do that. We're also going to have educational uh, activities happening regularly each of the 16 days. Um, and we're still trying to iron out the specifics of that, but, but there'll be quite a bit happening in our booth. Um, and, and, of course, we'll have items for sale. And, and the, the really nice thing that we're doing um, for organizations that belong to the Kentucky Horse Council. So if you have a business or a farm membership with the Kentucky Horse Council, you can submit to us your brochures and we will put them in a brochure rack at the World Equestrian Games. So you will get to have some coverage even if you yourself can't afford to have a booth out here. Well, that's great. Well, this is terrific. We're glad that you were able to join us again. You know that we need to do a show, Samantha, one of the Stable Scoop shows. We've never done a show on the the, the Kentucky Mountain Horse. On horseback. On the mountain horses that, you know, were, 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 that are unique to, to this part of the world, really. Mm-hmm. So we really need to do a show on them sometime, talk about the history and, and uh, how they came to be. I agree with Samantha. I think it needs to be on horseback. Yeah. Yes, there we go. <laughs> we, could, uh, we could copy Dali Newman on equitrucking and we could... Uh, well, you know, go Dar- and do some trail riding and tape it while we go. You know, Darley is a friend of the the show. She <laughs> she uh, she actually notified me yesterday that she's coming in for Rolex. She's going to be filming here on Friday, and we'll get to meet her on Saturday. So that's going to be a lot of fun to finally meet Darley as well. Well, and that'll be her second time here for the Rolex because two years ago she came to Rolex, went out to Shaker Village and rode, and went to Big Red Stables in in Mercer County and rode. And well, she did a said nice segment on Kentucky. She said she's filming something here on Friday, and then. Um, um, Saturday, she's just going to watch cross country, and mm-hmm. I told her that we're pretty much just watching Saturday too. So I think we're going to hook up and spend a little bit of the day with Darley. It'd be nice to finally meet her in person. And now that we've had Peter Atkins, the Australian, doing his helmet cam around cross country, we, we should have someone do the endurance ride. Absolutely. Although, yeah. Not if we had weather like we did last year. <laughs> that wouldn't be any fun. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Essie. It was good to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having and me. Thank you, uh, thank to you to everything Essie. the Horse Council does. Absolutely. You do a good job here in Kentucky. Thank you. We appreciate that. Well, that was nice of Essie. Kentucky Horse Council does do a fantastic job here in Kentucky. They really do. We are so lucky. And as you can see, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, we have a representative of the Horse Park here. She's the PR person, and we've had her on the 2010 show many times. And that's Lisa Jackson, who is always a delight to have on the show. And she's making her way over here. So let's have a chat with Lisa. Well, Lisa, it's good to ha- see you again. Thank you and very much. we we've spoken many times before on the on the 2010 radio show. We're here on the Stable Scoop radio show today, but we wanted to get a, a little bit of a heads up on what's left here at the horse park before the WEG. What what what's left to be done yet? 
there's actually not a lot to be done. All the big projects are finished, as our executive director says, that, you know, we did the five or six major projects. Now we have the five or six hundred little projects to do, you know, <laughs> putting a, you know. Not a lot left to be done. Yeah, not a lot. Exactly. <laughs> Just five or six hundred. You know, putting some plants in there, painting something there, you know, fixing a hinge Okay, there, let's talk so. about the little plants. They're full-size trees out here that they're putting in. They're huge. <laughs> we do have a lot of landscaping going in. Some of the, the construction work all included landscaping um, out on Nina Bonnie Boulevard and Cigar Lane. And so, you know, a lot of nice trees coming in. The, our goal was to replace all the trees that had to be removed during construction. And I think we're going to go over that. And we are sitting here in the new barns at the new indoor arena, and it's lovely to see it all being put to good use. Oh, absolutely. We're actually in the Miller Barn. Um, It's being used today for the Kentucky Horse Council and Kentucky Horse Park John Henry Memorial Equine Adoption Fair. And I think it's a lot of people's first time in the barn. It's actually my first time in the barn. I I get stuck in the office all the time and actually don't get down here. And I'm enjoying seeing the barn. And, of course, coming up this week, we have the three test events, eventing, dressage, and jumping here at the Horse Park, plus the Rolex International. So it's going to be quite crowded here at the park this week. Is, uh, do you feel like everything is where you wanted it to be for Rolex this year? Oh, I think so, definitely. Definitely. We're ahead of schedule in everything we were doing, and the Rolex people have been able to move in and get all their tents up. Uh, knock on wood, no storms this year to knock anything over with. <laughs> yeah. None of the tents have been knocked over with the rain we had last night, yeah, for, um, which is, is really good. For everybody that's not familiar with the weather at Rolex, it's always a treat because we always get <laughs> torrential rains, heavy winds, and uh, just generally bad weather for Rolex. Now, last year was an exception. Last year, if I remember correctly, we had four great days. It cleared up before Rolex hits, yes. Yeah. Well, let's hope for that this year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Knock on wood. We've been to, all been to some pretty miserable cross-country days. <laughs> well, you know, anything at Rolex is still better than the weather we had on October 14th when the we endurance. had the endurance oh. test event. It was the worst weather I have ever seen at the Kentucky Horse Park in the 10 years I've been here. Samantha was, was covering it for us. I was in Vegas enjoying the sun, and Samantha was here getting poured on. And I guess you were out there, too, probably. I, I was out in it. I was soaked. Yes, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I think we all bonded that day. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all learned a lesson. You never, ever put up a tent anywhere unless you have a floor in it. <laughs> well, I have to congratulate uh, everybody involved with the WAG and the Horse Park. It, it, it has come together quite nicely. It's looking great. The Horse Park is looking spectacular. You know, they talked about it being a legacy for the future, and it truly is with what's left here. And all the uh, talk a little bit about the shows and events, the new shows and events that have come about for the future as a result of all the facilities. Well, I think it's one of those situations where they, they say build it and they will come. Uh, a number of years ago, when John Nicholson took over the Kentucky Horse Park leadership um, back in 1999, uh, he, his vision was to have an indoor arena such as we're using today. And um, a number of people, including the, um, the um, I'm getting my acronyms all, all, all mixed up at the moment, but a number of different people actually said, John, if you build an arena that we can use, we will come, we will move our show to the park. And so some of those have absolutely come true. Others are, you know, planned for the future. Uh, so we're very excited about that. And a number of shows have actually moved from the covered arena to the indoor arena. We have one of the adopted uh, adoptees walking by at this very moment. Looking very interested. Maybe we can get him on later. <laughs> <laughs> Number 44. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we've had to, uh, we were told that there were 24 horses here today, so that, that was neat. Yes, very good. Um, One's been adopted already. Yeah. Yes, a lady from Missouri, as a matter of fact, had gone online and looked at some uh, different adoption agencies uh, across the country, and she looked into Kentucky and actually came here today for this. And adopted a horse from the Maker's Mark Secretariat Center. Well, that's Red fantastic. Foundation. Yeah, that's fantastic. And of course, uh, the Maker's Mark Secretariat Center is located not too far from us, right here at the horse park. Stones throw away. Their, yeah. their headquarters here nice is facility. the National Horse Center. Great. Well, this is terrific. We're glad that you joined us. And again, congratulations on pulling it all together. You've got a few busy months ahead of you. <laughs> uh, we certainly do. You know, the, the park staff has a lot uh, still to do this year to, to just put the finishing touches on what I think is one of the prettiest places on earth. Now, I do want to ask you, there was, there's some construction still going on out in the front of the horse park mm-hmm. where the polo field is. Is that for parking? Is that going to be parking out there? That is a new entrance drive that uh, will accommodate the buses ah, that okay. will be uh, rotating and shuttling people from the parking lots into the World Equestrian Games. It's bypassing the polo field, so the polo field is still safe. That's that's our pride and joy polo field. Right, yeah. Field. I was going to say the polo people would be very upset if you <laughs> dug up their polo field. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're very happy with us because we're actually adding some paved parking uh, around the facility. So they'll be gl- very glad to have that. Well, that's terrific. Well, we look forward to talking to you again as we get a little bit closer to the games, and we're looking forward to seeing you there for 16 days. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you to the Kentucky Horse Park's Lisa Jackson, and now I meet up with another old friend of mine, New Vocations' Lisa Malloy. I'm very happy now to introduce Lisa Malloy, who manages the New Vocations Racehorse Retraining Center on uh, just off Winchester Road. Here in Lexington? Here in Lexington. And um, she's going to talk to us now and tell us what she does there. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Sam. Nice to see you again. Uh, we're based at Westwind Farm on Haley Road, out towards Bluegrass Station. And uh, we keep around 10 horses. We started in July last year, and we're the fourth location in the country. Uh, we're hoping to open up two more locations in Indiana and Pennsylvania this year. And um, it's been very successful so far. And I'm surprised you, it seemed you, you are very successful in adopting them out and quite quickly. We've done really well. We started July last year with just three horses at a time. We're now up to 10. Sometimes we go as high as 12. And uh, we've adopted out 38 horses. In the past 10 days, I've had four adopted. And you, you, you bring them in, they'll be vaccinated, they'll be um, checked over, they're pretty sound, and you ride them and train them. You have a beautiful facility. Tell us a little bit about that as well. We have an 82-acre facility. We have three bands. Uh, we have a indoor arena that is actual indoor polo tournament regulation wow. size. <laughs> Um, it's got great footing, brand new show jumps. We have an additional 200 acres at the back of the farm to ride on. And pretty much everything you could want is right there. Now, you're taking horses right off the track? We take horses primarily right from the track. Or horses that have retired and been rehabbed, and then they come to us ready to go right back into work. And do you work with them until they're trained, or do you adopt them out at any point after you get them? What's, how, we how do get you do them it? evaluated. Uh, we're very fortunate. Dr. Park from Park Equine Hospital in Winchester evaluates them for us. Uh, we... You know, if we feel that we need ultrasounds, x-rays, we do whatever we need to do. And all those records are made fully available to the adopters. And um, 
from there, you know, I evaluate them on the ground, then get riding them. And if it's something that has, you know, it's never going to jump, I primarily trail ride it because then if I adopt it out of somebody as a trail horse, we know it has been trail ridden. It has encountered machinery, cars, trucks. You know, it's been out and about. If I think it has more competitive potential, you know, then we started over fences. Um, you know, or we do like basic dressage with it. And some of them, I've seen pictures of you at shows with them. You've won ribbons, and um, and t- you've got quite a extensive background yourself as a rider. So you, yeah, I was fortunate enough that when I left school uh, back in England, a long time ago, uh, I used to. I would have uh, never guessed, by the way. <laughs> I know you, you thought I was from Mississippi. <laughs> That's it. I used to be a work rider for Jimmy Fitzgerald. Um, who was the leading national hunt trainer in the country. And I was privileged enough to ride um, horses like Androma, that won two Scottish Grand Nationals, and KUD, which won the Cesaro Witch. So I learned a lot under him. And he always told me, these old racehorses, they know their job. You treat them with respect, and they'll always take care of you. And Touchwood, to date, that's, that seems to be the case. <laughs> So how many horses have you got here today at the adoption fair? We didn't actually bring any. Um, <laughs> what we did was, uh, because they're so settled into the routine at the farm, and they're all going, and a lot of mine are currently are three- and four-year-olds, and I've actually got a two-year-old, we didn't think it was going to be beneficial to ship them in, upset their routine, and, like, shell-shock them. And you're not that far away from here. And right? that, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're literally ten minutes from here. So they're just, they've got the day off. So now. what do people, if people are interested, is there a website or can they come and visit anytime or should they call you? How do, how do they look at your horses? We have a website, it's horseadoption.com and uh, one of the other facilities actually does standard breads as well, which is located in uh, Tennessee. So there's thoroughbreds and standard breads available and uh, you can click on there, that'll show you horses. There's also uh, a local photographer called Audrey Crosby, and she donates her services for free and does all those wonderful photos for me. Her website is accphotography.com, and if you click on gallery, you'll then see the new vocations link, and that has every single horse that has come through my facility, and it'll say if they're available or placed. Okay. And some of those... um, They'll go on the photographer's website before they move over to the new vocations. So you get and then a sneak obviously peek. they can come and, and see them at your facility and try yeah. them. And, and we'll put all those links on our show notes. Okay. Well, right. very, very good. Thank you, Lisa. We appreciate you well, joining us you. today. And we'll hope that we can adopt a few out for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Great. Thanks, Lisa. And we'll see you soon. Thanks. Well, she's delightful. Completely different English accent than you, though. <laughs> So it was nice of Lisa. We have a lot of Lisas on here today. Well, next up, we have a couple of more guests and one that you're not going to want to miss, and that's Molly the Pony's owner. But that'll be right after these words from our friends at the Barnworks. Are you a small farm owner? Do you train horses or teach lessons? If so, how do you track new business? One great way to market your small business is with a print advertisement in your regional equestrian publication. Whether it's the Omnibus, Stable Directory, a magazine or newspaper, a tasteful and creatively designed print advertisement can really go a long way in establishing credibility for you and your business. And we all know how important credibility is in the horse world. In fact, it's crucial. One very simple way to get that credibility is with a really nice print advertisement. 
The Barn Works, a unique marketing company which caters to equine businesses, can help you get the word out about your business with a tasteful, creative, and affordable print ad. Visit their website at thebarnworks.com to view some samples of print advertisements that their clients have found to be very successful. If you're looking for a new website, they'll do that for you as well. That's at thebarnworks.com. Thank you to our friends, thebarnworks.com, and please do support our sponsors. And now I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Kay, the owner of Molly the Pony, who I've been dying to meet, and today I did finally get to meet Molly. Well, I've been looking forward to this day for a long time, and I've been talking about it on the 2010 radio show because uh, Molly the Pony will be at the 2010 World Games as well here at the Kentucky Horse Park, but she's made a special appearance at the Equine Adoption Fair, and we're very lucky, and I'm very happy to introduce her owner, Kay, who's going to tell us a little bit more about Molly the Pony. Welcome to the show, Kay. Well, thanks very much for having me here. Uh, Molly's just amazing. You know, for those who don't know, um, I rescued her after Katrina, and then a dog that I rescued uh, subsequently attacked her, unfortunately, uh, severely damaged that right front leg, and um, Molly herself kind of taught herself to walk on three legs, and I wasn't willing to give up on her, so we requested amputation. Um, from LSU, and then a prosthesis from a local prosthesis designer named Dwayne Mara. And um, then we just started doing things with her, all because of who Molly herself actually is. Because it is so rare for a horse to survive to survive Katrina and then to survive an amputation and to be fitted with a prosthetic. Which is why I really think she's a cat with nine lives. <laughs> <laughs> and then now that I've met her, I just saw her. She has such an amazing energy. She just, there's something about her, the way she stands there and the way she seems to accept the sort of um, love and adoration and to accept what's become of her and... Um, Tell me a little bit more about her. Yeah, that's I can't so, hear enough. No, that's so true. What you said, though, it's sort of there's something about her. It's like you know, you want to say entitle an article. There's something about Molly because there really is. And you know, it's like when I tried to convince my vet that fatal day when it could have gone either way and we might not be here. I tried to convince her that there was something about this pony. I am not going to sit here and say I advocate this for every animal that loses or breaks a leg. I don't think it's possible. The animal itself has to be willing to cooperate. I think it's a lot like people. It's how you survive and what you make of your life. And in Molly, I saw an animal that just had so much more. And she was a backyard pony before this. And I just felt like there was something about her that and I had no idea. Honestly, this has been such a journey for us. It was amazing here, seeing you do your demonstration in the arena, that, and then walking back, and the whole crowd left the arena to follow her back. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yes. that was the only horse here that everybody followed, and basically left the show to follow her back to, to her stall here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I, I actually have to say something a little bit different to that particular comment, which is, you know... You never know what you have in a horse. And I think you have to take every single horse, and that's what we're doing here at the Horse Adoption Fair, and look at them and see what they can become and give them every chance to become what they can become. And, you know, it's like... I love all of my, my horses and ponies, and they all have their different little things that they're good at, and we love them all. Of course, Molly is very special, and, you know, I think we're going to go on to do all sorts of stuff, but... Well, what did you do say? before? We know a lot about Molly. We don't know much about you. Were you a trainer? Or <laughs> what, what, what? I've done a little of everything. I first started riding in Singapore in Southeast Asia huh. at the Bukatima Pony uh, Saddle Club, which did 
British Pony Club stuff. So very formal training to very begin good. with. Absolutely. <laughs> an excellent start. Excellent. I highly recommend it for anybody who wants to start because it's a good, solid foundation. It's a heck of a drive for lessons. Yeah, though. it is. <laughs> real. <laughs> Unless we get that trans- beam me up Scotty transport one day, you know. But it was a great start for me. And then I, I came back uh, to the States and kept riding basically dressage, hunter-jumper stuff and then I think somewhere along the way, I felt it was too formal, got my own horse and just started playing around with Western, Western Pleasure, barrels and stuff like that. And um, But there's always something about ponies for me. I was the one who always got to ride the little rotten pony in the barn uh-huh. that dumped everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> there was something about me and ponies from day one. So one day... Um, when I was about 20, there was a gentleman in our neighborhood who did pony rides for a living. And I just thought, oh, that would be so cool. And we drove stagecoaches and all sorts of stuff. And I thought, this is where I want to be. You know, I just, I love kids and I love the ponies. And when we go out there, so that's what I do. There's your answer. I do pony rides and have been for 28 years in New Orleans. Wow. Yeah, 28 years. And, um... Well, that's why Molly, I noticed, travels with a friend. Yes, absolutely. Well, horses are herd animals. And, you know, Molly's had enough upset in her life that I feel that we bring a piece of her herd with her. But, uh, unfortunately, she's a diva and she doesn't want him too close to share. (laughs) She is a bit of a diva. Don't tell everybody that. She's become a little bit of a ham. And she, yes. <laughs> if the camera's in front of her, the other best. She is. Get all, we're all taking pictures, and she's just standing there posing, well, looking she all cool. A lot, doesn't she? Too. She um, does. She's an inspiration to children with prosthetics and um, children Very who've been so. through the same sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about that, too. Well, you know, um, we had the first inkling I had of that. Well, first of all, I don't know if you heard the story about the little boy in the wheelchair that they said his hair, his head couldn't stop moving. And we put him next to her and his head stopped look at, he, dead looking at her. Like his head went whoop and looked at her, okay? Aww. And so then I thought, ooh, there's something about this, right? And that prompted us to continue doing more and more. Um, but, you know, then I had a lady write me. She hadn't even met Molly. And she said she had given up on life. She was an amputee. But when she saw that Molly could do it, she decided that she could, too. And then she emailed me a picture of her new prosthetic about two months later. Wow. Yeah. And let me tell you, I cried on that one. I bawled on that one. When I got that email, I thought, oh, my gosh. See, Molly can be a ham. She deserves it. Yeah. Yes. Look, I am going to tell you. She's saving lives. That's right. That's off to her. She absolutely can. Then there was a little boy with bone cancer, Ben. Um, on our website is the CBS uh, news interview with him. And, you know, Ben was having a tough time in life. He'd lost that right right leg. And he says, Molly and I have the same leg missing. <laughs> and he went back website? to school after that. MollyThePony.com. That's easy. Very and he, easy. And that, that story's on there, about Ben? Yes. Oh, at the God. bottom of the first page, the, I don't know the if video. I can bear to look at that. You can, because it's a, it's, a, it's a very joyful type of crying that you do when you see that. All you have to do is Google her. In the beginning, we got a lot of people going, oh, that's so fake. That's not real. And so she's also on uh, Truth or Fiction, Snopes, and Hoax Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can say we've seen it, so uh, we can verify it, too. Now, you have a book out, too, right? We actually have her in two books with a third one on its way. Oh, really? Yes. Um, And they all have different niches. Um, We have um, the Molly the Pony, which is a children's uh, picture book by Pam Castor, who did a great job with the book. Um, And then we have um, a book by Linda and Alan Anderson. They do the Angel Animals uh, 
stories. And I wrote that story. It's got all the facts in there. So if people really want to know names, places, facts, what really actually truly happened, because some of the media stuff out there is not all correct, um, then that book has it as well as other inspiring stories. Then we are also in the process of a third book that's going to be a little bit cheaper, but it's going to answer a lot of questions that people normally, it's going to be like a frequently asked questions book. Because, you know, every now and then we do get a few detractors or Joe Kaha naysayers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they look at her, they think um, possibly commercializing her or that it shouldn't have been done. And I like to tell them, I like to say, I've actually had one person say, she should be put down. Of course, this person's never met her. So I challenge that person, come look her in the face. Come take a look at what she does, the grin on her face when she pulls a move on us and beats us to the feed bucket or, you know. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she doesn't seem too unhappy. Let's She's that not way. at all. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? I got to, you have to, one second, Sam. You have to say, tell everybody how she signs the books. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, uh, the behind the scenes story of that is, is that we tried to do it live with her stamping. She has the smiley face at the bottom of her prosthetic and we tried to do it live and it was just kind of a mess and it was hard on her. So at night when the leg is off, because it is off every evening, um, we sit there and oh, we, <laughs> we ink and stamp and they are all individual because it is not meant to be a stamp. It is definitely we the imprint. <laughs> now you only, this is my own plug. You only get her autograph if you order the book from us Okay, and that helps her foundation. And that would be right on mollythepony.com. Mollythepony.com. Absolutely. And I was going to ask you a few practical questions like, sure. Does she lie down at night without it on? Can she get up with frequently? Right. See, you know, we did Things this like because that. she had already gotten up and down three-legged right after the attack. She quit walking on that leg almost immediately. And it was seeing that she could do all this stuff three-legged that prompted me. Like, she was already surviving three-legged. This wasn't like a, oh, can she do it? She was already doing it. She lies down quite a bit more than your average horse. Um, and so when I'm traveling on the road... Does um, she travel with the prosthetic? Or? In the trailer, absolutely. But then I have to make sure I can only travel a certain amount of time with her before I have to have a stopping point. And I usually do several advanced stopping points because I totally have it be what she shows me. If it's time to stop, she lets me know and we stop. We've had quite a few people come to our rescue. <laughs> and she truly is a pony. She must be about 12 hands. Yeah, right yeah, at, right yeah, at. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think she's amazing. I'm so lucky to have met her. This is really great day for me. Thank you very much for talking to us. You're welcome. I I know. I'm not laughing. I think it's great. You know, we've been wanting to get you on the Stable Scoop show for a long time anyway. I've been wanting to get a hold of you. And here, I I knew you were coming here, and we thought, well, we'll corner you over here and and get you (laughs) on. Totally. All right. Well, and everybody. We look forward to seeing you in September as well. For the World Equestrian Games. Games. That'll be fun. We'll be here every day. Very honored to be a part of that. That's correct, Great. in the kids' section. Oh, you're going to be mobbed. I think so. <laughs> oh, Molly, I love it. <laughs> I think so, yes. And it's Great. mollythepony.com. You can find the books and, uh, and all the stories there. Yep. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with Molly and Molly, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, you can find pictures of Molly, of course, on our website as well. We, we put a couple of pictures over there at StableScoop.com that we took today. Molly looking all dapper and all, all uh, hamming it up a bit. 
And I noticed that Molly has now made her way back to she, the, the adoring audience has left, and she has now made her way back to the stall. So uh, a little rest does, in store. She is sharing her stall nicely with her with her stable mate. Little rest in store for Molly, and she deserves it. She put on a couple of shows today, so uh, she did a good job. And we should say Molly isn't jumping over fences or anything during these what I call shows or de- demonstrations. She pretty much is standing out there and, and they tell her story and, and she, she, she looks cute. And she accepts the adoration nicely. <laughs> and all the kids are wide-eyed. That's kind of neat. Oh, wait, we have a final guest on with us today. And From the Excella Fund. And that's Nicole Smith. So let's get Nicole on. We're here now with Nicole Smith from the Acceler Fund, and it's good to see you, and we're glad that you could join us this year here at the Adoption Fair. So tell us, what is the Acceler Fund, and what exactly do you do? Um, okay, well, the Acceler Fund is Internet-based, and we're an organization that's um, an, on a national basis, and we take thoroughbreds off the track and retrain them for adoption when applicable. Otherwise, they'll be permanently retired with us. Um, and currently, we have 53 horses, um, and they're actually in six different states. And uh, the one thing that does make us different, of course, is we don't have our own facility. We just foster horses out uh, to foster facilities, like I said, all around the country. Usually pay a small stipend for their care. Um, A lot of it's donated, luckily. Uh, So that cuts a lot of the overhead costs, which really helps. So when you say with us, they're not actually with you. You, you You find them homes through, literally via the internet. Some of them, yeah. Um, a lot of them, of course, I have seen personally, and they, like, again, they go to foster facilities that are pre-approved, um, where, you know, we pay for their care and whatnot, but um, the internet's a large, large asset for us, and, of course, the different forums and boards and things. Um, of course, the website is key with any organization, especially in this day and age, uh, but, yeah, we, uh, we adopt people all over the country, so definitely through the internet a lot. That's great. So, Glenn and I have been wandering around here today, and that's the difference that we've seen with your with your facility is that the overheads are very low and and that you've got volunteers doing a lot of the work for you. Absolutely, we do. Um, Like I said, everything is uh, 100% volunteer as a matter of fact, and luckily those volunteers were very fortunate. They actually cover just about all of our administrative costs as well, so we're very fortunate in that aspect. And and where do you get your horses from? Um, They come from tracks all around the country. Um, Actually, quite a few of them have come off of different feedlots. A few brokers that we work with, they actually let us know when there's a horse there that would, you know, fit our program. Um, and either people will gather together to uh, come up with the funds to donate the horse to us and get them away from the uh, sale, or uh, sometimes the brokers will actually just give them to us for a real cheap price, and so we've actually have purchased a couple of horses for very, very minimal funds. And, and why is it called the Acceler Fund? Well, we're named after Acceler, which is a great racehorse back in the time of Secretariat. Um, he actually was the only horse to beat two Triple Crown winners in one single race, and that was the uh, Gold Cup, Jockey Club Gold Cup, as a matter of fact, back in 1978. He beat uh, both Affirmed and Seattle Slough. So that was kind of his big claim to fame. And then uh, back in 97, unfortunately, at the age of 23, he was found uh, going to slaughter in Sweden. And so a bunch of racing fans found this out and joined together and said, we can't let this keep happening. And they were just trying to find homes for as many as they could via the Internet, and that's kind of how it started. Well, that's great. Yeah. And you were here last year at the Adoption Fair. And how long have you been, how long have, has the Excel Fund been in operation? Well, we actually officially started in 1997, um, became incorporated as far as the nonprofit status and whatnot in 01. And uh, we've been, like I said, we've been based all over the country, depending on who's volunteering for different positions. And um, it, it's been a bit of a struggle at times, of course, you know, finding people who can have the time to donate, first of all. Um, but we were actually based out of California for quite a while, about five years. We had a president there who did a lot of the work. Um, and now we're trying to move operations to Kentucky, which, of course, is the core of the thoroughbred racing. So, 
Well, well, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations for doing what you're doing, and thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, And it is the Acceler Fund, and that's spelled E-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-F-U-N-D dot org. And and do you have the horses all listed up there? The majority of them are. There's very few that aren't, but uh, yeah, we do have them categorized by, of course, the adoptables versus the sponsorables, and we also have uh, what we like to call the racing warriors, and these are horses that have had well over 100 starts, and, you know, they they earned their, their retirement for sure, so... Well, great. Did you adopt a horse? You know, I've had several that I've fostered, and I try and take one at a time and retrain for adoption. So I haven't actually found one that I can keep myself. So I do have my own personal horse, but I got him as a 16th birthday present. Well, that can become a habit, you know. I know. The the person doing the adoption adopting, you know, that's... So you're more of a foster parent. Do you retrain them? I'm actually the executive director for the organization, but yeah, I always take one at a time and work with them. And of course, recruit all my friends, and thank God for uh, my friends who are very experienced riders, and con them into fostering one and retrain. Training and um, as a matter of fact, the horse we have here today, flawless one. Um, my girlfriend's actually working on retraining her for us, and she's a beautiful mare, going to make a lovely show mare. It's just finding the right home for her. So, Good. so we're well, lucky to have these folks. Great. Well, we're, we're thrilled that you could talk to us, and thank you for spending the time. And good luck with that. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. So we do encourage people. People, if you have I, every, almost every state has adoption agencies and adoption uh, organizations in their state for horses. We do encourage people to look to, just like we encourage you to do with dogs and cats, to look to uh, to look to the adoption agencies first and see what you can find. They, there's some fantastic horses and ponies available across the country for whatever job you need. Even if you need a companion horse or a pony, or or even if you just want to go out and volunteer, or if you need to, if you'd like to donate. Whatever you can do. And, you know, we, we, uh, we talk about thoroughbreds a lot here because we happen to be in the thoroughbred capital of the world. But there are all different uh, types and breeds of horses available at adoption agencies around the country. You know, Rising Sun, they, they, you know, they deal in all kinds of horses. Yes. So let's, uh, I think that's about it for today. We, we've run out of guests here. I think we've, we've cornered about so everybody. so <laughs> many old friends, though. It's been so nice. It's been fun. And, of course, we're looking forward to being here at the horse park all week. Yes, All day, much. every day. I might have to pitch my tent, Glenn. <laughs> so by the time this comes out, we will be in the midst of our Rolex coverage. Go to eventingradio.com or 2010radioshow.com for our coverage of the Rolex event. And uh, the, the week after Rolex, we will have our little color show samantha and i next week here on the stable scoop radio show we'll be having interviews with all different kinds of people and we're going to see what kind of trouble we can get in at rolex <laughs> so we're going to see if we can get samantha kicked out oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure security is going to be extra high because they're practicing for wag so uh so this should be an interesting it'll be my and, testament yeah it'll be your testament <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun here at rolex uh with our coverage from Rolex here on the Stable Scoop Radio Show next week. Don't miss it. And Samantha will be back with the Stable Scoop. It's pretty good, you know. Helena usually messes that up. Uh, that's right. You want bloopers. Yeah, but she used but you did all right. I mean that's good. That's good. You know, should we just quit now? Yep. I'm quit cold. It's ahead. chilly here today. It's freezing. I know. Glenn, just to let you know that Glenn has uh, set up the table in the coldest part of the barn. <laughs> There's sunshine outside, but no. This is where they put me. I'm, it's where the cord, was, the plug was in the barn. <laughs> All right, Sam. See you next week. Bye.